The Club Championship Show on OTB Sports. Brilliant game of hurling, edge your seat stuff, Tony Kelly, masterclass from start to finish. To win a Connacht Senior Championship is uh, it's special. The Club Championship Show. Subscribe to the GEA podcast feed on the OTB Sports app now. Football on Off the Ball. With Sky. Get more of the sports you love on Sports Extra with BT Sport and Premier Sports. Do it then. What about your start to the game? I was, it wasn't bad, was it? <laughs> Why should an honest answer be a mistake? How can a modern day manager not have a mobile phone? Why should he? Oh. All right, you are welcome along to Thursday's football show. Nathan with you this evening. So we now know it will be Argentina against France, Messi against Mbappe in Sunday's 2022 World Cup final in Qatar. From Doha, delighted to be joined by Kevin Kilban. Good evening, Kevin. Good evening, Nathan. How are you keeping? All right, we don't hear from you from years. We can't get rid of you now. Every time I turn on the radio, you're there. I was just, I was actually just thinking today. I said I've been on with I've been on with Gilroy Barry, um, all the greats, everyone, Malloy, all the greats. But it, it, it's almost like as you said to me today in text, you've got to raise your game tonight because you're on with the main man, you know. And 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 as, as you know, a sports broadcaster of the year, you probably earn, you have that divine right to to put yourself on such a pedestal. So I'm delighted that I'm on with you tonight. I, I didn't send the text, but I'll take the second part of that. Uh, how are you? Was uh, was last night a good night in, in Doha? Well, you're outside. It's white resident, about 30 miles north of Doha. No, no, no. We're right in the middle of Doha where we are. Um, I was I, I, I was gutted that we weren't at the game. That's been the thing over the last two nights, you know, for the, obviously for, for Messi and, and what he did and then watching France last night. But we're, no, we're right in the middle of Doha where, we, where we're staying. So it's... Um, it's probably about maybe two kilometres from the from the city centre where we're staying here now. It's it's a perfect spot really because we we're literally as I've said to all the other guys, but I've not had the conversation with you as you well know. It's I'm in and out in the metro every day, in and out to studio, and it's it's been that's the way that it's been. Are you broadcasting from the final? No, no, we're not. We're in studio. So our studio is in um, in the Souk, where we are here, Souk Wakit, where which, as I said, it's about two kilometres down the road. We're we're still in the same hotel that that we've been in since the start of it. Um, so Brazil, obviously, came, been and gone now, everything like that. So the, the hotel certainly quieted down a little bit since they've left, uh, and everything that goes with it. But I was I was actually in the gym today, and I got chatting to Honda, the ex Japanese player, believe it or not. Wow! So that was that was quite nice today, having a, having a little chat with him. He kind of looked at me. We did, we've seen each other a couple of times in the gym. I've seen him down once or twice when we've been getting a coffee, and he kind of looked at me and he just said, "Oh, did this?" He goes, "Did did you play?" And uh, so it was like, like you know, yeah, I, I, I was kind of like shaking my head. Well, not really, but anyway. Um, and I said, yeah. Uh, but I think it might have been the Ireland shorts that give it away. I had my Irish shorts on <laughs> just so ban, everybody knows. The Kilban 11 yeah. jersey. <laughs> Kilban, on, Kilban on the back. Yeah, exactly. Just so he knew, you know, so he knew. But um, no, so we, we had a little chat. He's managing Cambodia now. Um, and I just said, how are you enjoying it? He said, yeah, I've been coaching since I finished and things like that. So... Um, I'm, I'm over here working for Japanese TV, and it was just, yeah, it was, it was certainly nice. The 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 the, the, the array of people that you meet while you're out here, it's been it's been quite funny. I, I don't want to speak on uh, behalf of your wife, but uh, could you not have done all that from back in Canada once Canada got knocked out? Yeah, that's been said as well. <laughs> was it who he said to me the other night? He said, did, did you, I think it was Joel said to me. Do you not realise? Did you, have you, have you, you no? It's Kendall. Ken, of course, it was Kenny. He said. Um, have you not? Does your wife still think that Canada's in the tournament? Does she actually realise that they're gone? No, it was from the start of the tournament. We did the 
pre-broadcast um, on the Canada games from the from the ground, and then everything else is from the studio. So everything's been based in based over here in Doha. So perhaps that would have been the case, but it's certainly been nice to get the feel. And I've been able to get some games as well. I've been to watch Argentina once, Brazil once. Went to the Portugal Switzerland last sixteen games, so I've been to watch games along the way as well, which has been which has been fairly fairly good. So I think it's the final that an awful lot of people wanted: uh, Messi against Mbappe yeah. on Sunday. Uh, last night, France got the job done against Morocco, but like I know there's no hard luck stories in semi-finals, but Morocco couldn't have done any more if that overhead kick yeah. had gone in just before half time. Like we could have been on the cusp of one of the greatest upsets of all time. Uh, how yeah. good were Morocco last night? I thought Morocco did what they've done throughout. Um, I, I, much as I thought the Portugal game, um, I don't. I didn't think they could have raised the level after Spain to go and knock out Portugal. I, I didn't think they'd have beaten Spain last night, and they raised the level. They, you know, they, they dominated possession in long spells. I think they had to play a different game as well. It was almost as if France and, and Deschamps has, has said to them last night, "Look, we're, we're going to play a different style. We're going to drop off. We're going to allow you possession. Come and break us down." And as much as they did great and they had a couple of half chances. I mean, I'm not, I don't know what you thought on the first goal with the Hernandez one. I just think as soon as the ball bounces in the penalty area, but Bono, the goalkeeper, he's got to come out and just put a punch on it or something. With him standing off, he allowed Hernandez to take the strike and that obviously killed them because they're, they're a team that has to get the first goal to, to stay in matches or at least keep it at nil-nil. And that's what did kill them, but it, it did forced he think, them out. Did the keeper think he, this that maybe Theo Hernandez wasn't quite as agile, wouldn't be able to, didn't have that acrobatic finish in him and was just waiting. Whereas you say, it felt initially when he came, he was just going to go and win the ball. Yeah, I, 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 I doubt he's thinking that in that moment. I just think maybe he was just too hesitant and maybe not convincing enough with, with, the, with his movement. I just think, I mean, I thought, Actually, as the chance came in, once Mbappe took the strike on, which probably could have been handball, I think, if you, if you, if you notice from the initial strike from Mbappe. But once that shot strike came in and it kind of looped up back into the air, I'm thinking Hernandez has to take, take the strike on, almost try and stretch for it. Because if it bounces, the chance is going to go. And as soon as it bounced, I thought, that's it, the chance has gone. Come and punch it, just come through him. And I, I, I mean, that may have been in his head, Nathan. Who knows what was in his head? But I just thought in that moment, I think you just come and you come and take the guy out. The goalkeeper is not going to really get pulled up on a foul, is he? If he goes and commits to the commits to the um, to the ball, and he didn't do that. So in in hesitating, in waiting for Hernandez then to take the strike, I think that in that moment it was almost lost, um, and that. Probably that moment cost him the game. I think you're looking at fine margins at this level. We've, you know, we've, we've seen that throughout this tournament, certainly in the in the knockout stages, and that that was the defining moment in the game because Morocco. I always felt then were they going to go on and score two goals? They might have got one. They might have taken the game to penalties, but they were always going to be up against it from that moment. But you can't take anything away from how they played and and. I've heard a few guys that have been on here and off the ball over the last few days that we can actually take a little bit of inspiration. I, I, I Someone talking about it on our team, might be Kevin Doyle. I saw a clip of him talking about it as well, Nathan, saying that we can take we can take certainly something of what Morocco have done because at times, I mean, they have played some great football. I'd, I'd watched them a lot pre-tournament and I think maybe there was a lot that, were, that was underrating them because they're in Canada's group. We, we watched a lot of their games and we thought, geez, this side are actually half decent. They can do something here. Whether or not we really thought and really believed they were going to go and beat Croatia and Belgium, I didn't think that. I thought they might have struggled. But once they did, I think 
we kind of knew they've, they've got a bit about them. They've got momentum as well. They've got a bit of steel. They can go back into a back five or a back four. They've got different ways of playing. But they can also play front foot football as well, as, the, as they've shown throughout. So it was no real surprise. It was a surprise they got to a semi, of course it was. But it was no real surprise they got out of the group initially. I'm always wary of those sort of comparisons of because I think it's probably disrespectful at times to the likes of Morocco or Croatia and uh, looking at them as you know comparable somehow to the Republic of Ireland but the difference that a Hakimi and a Ziyech and an Amrabat yeah. players playing at a, I don't know Amrabat's at, at Fiorentina but like Ziyech even though he hasn't delivered at Chelsea still at the very highest level he could have gone to his pick yeah, top yeah. clubs yeah. Hakimi's up there with the best right backs in Europe is it just the case that one or two players getting to another level lift everybody around them? Or do you look actually deeper into that squad in Morocco and actually maybe we just haven't fully appreciated the talent of a lot of those players? No, I think there's probably a bit of both what you're saying there. We we, we absolutely don't appreciate the talent that's within that group. And I know Amrabat and Unahi and players like this that will, of course, went under the radar prior to this World Cup. We all knew Aziz, we all knew of, of Hakimi. Even at the back, you know, um, Agard and um, and Saiz. We, we, I mean, I, I actually, I, we, I, you obviously covered a lot of the Premier League. I was actually really surprised that Wolves let him mm. go, but it was because of Nathan Collins, probably why they let him go last summer, wasn't it? Nathan Collins comes in at a big transfer. Who's going to make way? And he ended up going off to Besiktas. So it, it was surprising, really, that you would have thought that he could have stayed around another couple of years there. But regardless of that... Uh, and maybe to the to, to the first point that you're making, that we probably do need a couple of players to just take us to the next level that are going to play at, at, at the, the seriously high level. That's something we've been lacking for quite a while now. But um, I'm just talking about the, the way that they played, though, Nathan, and the you know they, they had different ways to beat sides. You know, I, I think under under Stephen, we're going to play a, a certain way that's going to be try to be creative. We're going to be a little bit open at times, but. There has to come times in games where you just have to become solid and compact. And that's how they played. And how do you get out from being in a compact, deep shape? And they play with that low block that, I mean, that's the phrase that you love a lot. I've heard you say that a good few times on commentary. So when you're playing in that sort of way, you have to you have to have ball carriers. I said the look there. Yeah, it's a good look, but it's, I, I know. I know you. I know you're better than you think, actually. But um, Threatening. It's, it's how you get out. <laughs> It's how it's how yeah, it's how you get out, and they have ball carriers, and it's maybe an area as well, Nathan, that we probably do lack. If you're looking at the island side, serious ball carriers. I know that we've got we've got two good played really well recently, Matt Doherty or Seamus Coleman on the right. We've got James McLean, who's been playing well, but we don't really have a serious ball carrier, and that's what I think Morocco had at times. Certainly in the central areas as well, whether it was Unahi and look to Amrabat. Amrabat would take the ball, but he would go beyond people. If you watch Luka Modric, he does the same where he'll drive forward 10, 15 yards with the ball. He won't necessarily always look for the pass. And that's maybe an area that I think that we can look at to go, how can we develop a midfield player that will not only get it and give it, play two-touch football, but also be able and be prepared to take the ball and drive forward beyond players when when you're in possession of it. And that's something, there's maybe certain areas that Moroccan side, I, I really think that, it's not even in development. It's just it's maybe a player know-how to think. Yeah, I can, I can actually do that. I've got the physical attributes to do it. I can run with the ball, and that maybe that may be an area as well. Certainly in the central positions, it's somewhere that we could look at. I'm watching Amrabat during this tournament going, where has this guy been all my life? Like watching him in the closing stages yeah. against Portugal, as you say, like the confidence when they're holding on to the lead to just step out of defence to skip past a couple of tackles to relieve the pressure. 
you've obviously been watching a lot of them then even ahead of the tournament because of the fact that we're going to be playing Canada. It, have these performances come out of nowhere? Is this a, you know, he could well go for 40, 50 million pounds in January to somebody off the back of these performances. Is there enough there to suggest actually he could go and make a, a real impact at one of the top clubs in Europe? No, I, I, it wasn't. Honestly, it wasn't just something that, that that's, that's just come out of the air for this World Cup. Watching them, I thought they were decent. The one game that stood out for me as well, Nathan, was um, I think it was in June they played the US and the US beat them 3-0. And he was trying all sorts defensively. He was trying to dribble out from the back and they played so wide and so open. Like, that was under uh, Hallie Hodzic as well, uh, the coach that obviously was sacked prior to, to um, Regragi coming back in, or coming in, should I say. And US beat them 3-0, right? So, But US played a counter-attacking way. The game could have finished 6-6. And I watched the game and I thought, they've got a real good way about them. If they can maybe sort out themselves defensively, if they can maybe just be a little bit more compact, because I felt they were a little bit too open... And honestly, if I looked at the, the, the coach's decision, and it's so harsh when Hallie Hodzic got them to the World Cup. But they, they play quite open football. They played everyone spread all over the pitch. Wingbacks, uh, sorry, wingers, uh, or wide, uh, fullbacks, should I say, played high. The centre-half split. And they were playing a certain way, but they were easily counted on. And that's how the US did them. That's how the US beat them. But they were still creating so many chances off, off, off the back of that with how they played. Whereas I think Regragi just maybe thought to himself, I've got to be a little bit disciplined at times. I'll have to play a certain way. If you watch the Croatia game, first game of the World Cup, they were so compact, the lines between defence to midfield and into attack, and it, it would have been the key thing we've seen throughout the World Cup, where at times it was 4-4-2, at times it went to a 5-3-2, 5-4-1 at times. But every single person, the lines between everyone, whether it would be across the pitch or, or, um, or up the pitch, it, the distances were perfect. They'd worked on it. You can tell they'd worked on it, but they had a way then, as I said, from these deep line positions to break so quickly. And they had players in the central positions that would carry the ball, players in wide areas that would carry the ball, and they carried a goal threat. And as I'm saying, like it, it wasn't, it wasn't a, a you know a flash in the pan stuff. This from them, they, they had a way of playing prior to it that I think's even been developed further since uh, Halle Halle Hodgett's left, left left the job. Well, it is a perfect example, as you say, when we talk about the style of football, which we're obsessed with in this country, that you can be rock solid at the back, but still a really entertaining team. Totally. I'm not, you, I've said that so many times, haven't I? I, I honestly, I, 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 to, to, to my knowledge of football, watching it over the years as well, I actually do quite like watching counter-attacking football. I like if you've got quick players in your team that can carry the ball, that can get forward and, and are prepared to do that which is what they do, but also they, they can play up and expansive. If you even look at the Portugal goal that they scored, Nathan, just go back and look at it. They get a bit lucky how it how it broke to the guy out wide um, and it was El Nizeri that scored the goal, wasn't it? Or El Nizeri, should I say, that scored the goal in the end. The build-up is, is sensational. They play through Unahi and, and Amrabat through midfield. Uh, Unahi makes a run forward and he gets a little bit of luck with a ricochet, with a, with a loose pass that he makes. But if you look at the build-up overall, it's, it's a sensational goal. And you can't say that it's boring football. At times, they have to be disciplined, as you say, and they'll have to filter into the shape of the team. But they've got an amazing way of breaking. They've got an amazing way when they do win the ball of actually making the pitch big. And, and playing through lines, as, as you'll hear, hear us all talking about, but also with a with a real purpose to how they play, not necessarily always going backwards, always going sideways. They make the forward pass. How many times did you see Amrabat picking up the ball in, at the base of midfield and passing straight through to Anahi or to uh, uh, Nazari up front? 
straight ball, but it broke lines and it opened up the game when they did it. It was it was brilliant to watch. I I, I love watching the way that they played, but I love actually the structure of the side and I love the defensive unit too. So what about France then? Uh, looking to win a second consecutive World Cup will be the first team since Brazil in 1962. Uh, Griezmann again last night was exceptional. How much of Griezmann's brilliance mm. is that we've sort of forgotten about him a little bit at club level or he's the one best positioned to take advantage of all the focus been on Mbappe from opposition teams? I think that's probably the case. He's, he's probably thought to himself, I think yeah, I think he's maybe even thought to himself a little bit, Nathan, where I have to put in the extra work because I know that we might be a man light when, when we don't have the ball. Mbappe doesn't necessarily do the work that the rest of the team do. But he, invariably, France will play with a 4-2-3-1. But in but Griezmann, he floats left, he floats right, he's floating basically everywhere from that number 10 position. But you'll see him as a six at times. You'll see him sat down right in front of the back four, taking possession of the ball. He's he's dictating the tempo of games, his work rate without the ball. And uh, the first game that they played, it was Australia, wasn't it? So they went a goal down against Australia. He took he It was him that took hold of the game, actually. It wasn't Mbappe. I know Mbappe scored goals, but he took hold of the game for Australia. And he was against Australia, should I say. And he almost got them going in this tournament. And the first two games, he was incredible. He put in two incredible performances and he was still under the radar. There wasn't many people speaking about him. I know we, certainly with us, what we were doing, we, we, we did a little bit of analysis on Mbappe's goals. But into the second match, we went back to the first game, did analysis on Griezmann, what he was bringing to them. We've seen him play on the right-hand side for France over the years and he's kind of floated from, from that position. But playing as a 10, it frees him up to do the various roles that he can do on the pitch. And, I've been so impressed with him. And maybe, you know what, Nathan, that, that contract that he had with Barca where he could only play uh, he could only play like 30 minutes of games and um, Atletico weren't prepared to pay the full contract to him. It could have been something that helped him. It could be something that he's not played a lot of games. He, he might be a lot fresher than other people coming into the tournament. That might be. I'm not saying that is the case because we've seen with others that they're still playing all the games and they're still fresh. Mbappe's playing every, every game at PSG. So's uh, Messi. But he does look fresh. He looks so fit. I think he's probably thought to himself, it's a real target for me, the World Cup. I know I thought that prior to the World Cup when I was playing. I thought it's a target and just get myself in peak condition. He seems to me like he's as fit as he's ever been. And I think he's, he's certainly adding, a, he's adding something to that French uh, attack line that we haven't seen from Griezmann, I don't think, when he's played games. Is there that bit of maturity that's needed as well at 31 to play in that role as you say he can sacrifice himself at times and drop into a, a midfield three that maybe the Griezmann yeah. that we saw at Euro 2016 that was so brilliant against the Republic of Ireland that day I know if John Giles was on you know be talking about Modric and the great players learn from every game that actually Griezmann's at the perfect position in his career right now to play that role yeah, and, and also, you don't get many chances, do you? He probably recognised that we've got Mbappe, we've got a good core of players here. I'm going to have to step up. And there the, the could be an element of that. Certainly, as you say, at the age that he's at, he's not got many more tournaments ahead of him. And sometimes the reality, it's almost like a panic. Look, you hit 30 in your career and you, geez, I've only got four or five years left at best. I might, I might, not, I might be able to play beyond it, but I'm not going to be playing at this level, certainly beyond it. So... Physically, he's got himself, as I said, in peak condition. He's got himself absolutely right in terms of that. His quality, at times, I don't know I don't know whether you agree with it, but I think there has been times that his quality has maybe found wanting. Certainly when I've watched him playing for France, there's been unbelievable games that he's had. You mentioned the game at 2016 against Ireland, and I was at that game myself, and I thought he was brilliant in the match. But there's been times when he's just let himself down, whereas even if he's not 
necessarily making those key passes. Look at the first goal last night, the run that he made. If you, if you, again, if you analyse it, maybe in the tactical cam, it's great because the ball gets shifted from the right wing. He makes a run initially to try and get the pass, doesn't get, doesn't get the pass. The ball gets shifted from right to left, right across the field. He's making one or two runs. The ball then starts coming back across the field and he's made a run in behind, comes back on side. He gets the ball that's played in behind uh, the Moroccan defence. And it's, it's unbelievable movement. It's constant constant movement, constant checking your shoulders to see the space that I can find. And that movement actually just shifted Morocco's defence that made a gap between the left back and the left side centre half that freed up that bit of space for, I think it was um, Varane that made the pass, wasn't it? Just to, able just to slot it down the outside of Moroccan's um, right, uh, left side centre half and, and Griezmann was in and he opened up the game. I think he's clever. I think he's he's playing at a level now, of matu- he's showing a level of maturity now, maybe at the age that he's at where you'd think, yeah, he, he might not necessarily feel that he's got too, too many more tournaments ahead of him. Or if he is going to have tournaments ahead of him, this is maybe the right time where he's going to be at peak fitness, peak level of a technical ability. This is the time. And I think he's arguably been France's best player. I know Mbappe's scored and he's done sensational things, but who's the more important player at the moment? I, I know Mbappe is the difference maker, so you probably would have to go with Mbappe. But I think Griezmann's equally as effective for them. Yeah, Mbappe is a victim of his own success because I'm watching him last night going, is, like, is he playing well? I'm not sure if he's playing well. He didn't score. Uh, yeah. Every time he gets on the ball, he looks like he's going to do something, but he's surrounded by three players instantly. Is that, is that, yeah. just, what, is that what the final's going to be for him, that he might have to sacrifice himself again? Yeah, I, th- I think that'll probably be the case. I think the Argentines have got a bit more shithouser in them, haven't they? I think that's fair to say. I think they could be the ones that could really break this game up a little bit and make it a little bit a bit of a dirty game make it a little bit scrappy at times or messy through wanting if, a better if you're, phrase, if, you're you know? on, if you're on commentary you can you can use that one for the Canadians they'll be very impressed if you're on commentary on uh, Sunday and there is that bit of shithousery are you going to have to give the commentary cliche of oh nobody likes to see this <laughs> yeah I, I won't be using that word I don't think I'd probably get sacked <laughs> I'd probably get fired on air wouldn't I um, but um, yeah imagine me trying to explain how, how that's going yeah, kick for Paul Pesky-Skelito at least but all but all I think, oh, I don't know about that, Jesus, but it'd be in my head and I'll be thinking of Nathan Murphy, <laughs> I was going to say it. So that, that that's it now. You've probably cemented that bloody impression or that word in my head. But uh, um, but I, I, I think I think it, it's, you know, you look at probably both sides and you look at Mbappé and there's going to be a lot of concentration. It's certainly what England did, didn't they? And if you even look at the first goal that, that France scored against England, when the break came on, it should have been a foul and, you know, it sh- the game should have, have, have stopped as it was. The referee missed it. But as soon as Mbappe got the ball, flood of England players got to him. But it was panic. It wasn't it wasn't um, sprint back into position, get our shape. Everyone was just panicking. And I think you probably got a little bit of that last night with Morocco. And when, when, when Mbappe got the ball, I know he was up against Hakimi and some might think, yeah, Hakimi's going to deal with it. Cal Walker dealt with it very well, actually, the threat. But there was still an element of we need to get out and help him. If if there's too many that concentrate on Mbappe, I think Griezmann could do it. And I think Dembele's been very good. I know he's, he's done so much work defensively and there's maybe a side of his game that I hadn't necessarily appreciated before um, with, with Dembele. But they've got other match winners in that side. Um, it'd be interesting to see if Rabiot comes back in because Rabiot could be a player that could have the energy in, in midfield to try to maybe get around Messi. And they could free up um, a It'll be interesting to see what they're going to do, really, France, because it surprised me last night and how they went about things. Will Pomacano come back into the side? I thought Canate played well last night. Alongside what what surprised you last Depends. night? 
No, it surprised it surprised me because Pomacano was on the bench, mm. so I know he'd been ill, and but Rabiot had been ill too, and he left Rabiot out totally. So it was so you could clearly see Rabiot wasn't right to play, but Pomacano had met, had declared himself fit. He played every game, and watching him against Harry Kane, I was like, this guy's way out of his depth. He replaced with Bayern Munich, but Harry Kane just had him on toast all the time, and. Well, he was in that Harry Maguire position as well a little bit, wasn't he? In that the opposition, uh, England were more than happy when France were trying to play out of the back. It was, no, we're not going to let Varane have it. We're more than happy to let Meccano have it. Yeah, yeah, it was, I I thought exactly the same thing. And we actually said that ourselves. Honestly, when we we were analysing the game, it was, so it's good knowledge that. Well done, Nathan. It's good that you actually see that sort of thing, to be fair at times. Um, But, Upon was he was exactly like that. They were allowing him on the ball, and every time the ball came into Kane, and it's something that we spoke about. I honestly, I just have to bring this up as well. I, I'm with Stevie Caldwell while I'm doing the games out here. So he played out in Toronto, finished his career, and he's he's actually really good. He's been great to work with actually when we've been doing the matches. But but Stevie said to me, the one thing with with, with Guardiol is he wants to win the ball quickly, he wants to win the ball early, and in the Premier League, a centre forward loved love to have that presence behind them so they can feel the centre-half, they can back into someone and roll them. Shearer was a master at it. Even somebody, um, Tony, that's at Brentford, he likes to feel strikers, um, Danny Ings. And you look at Danny Ings and you think, yeah, Danny Ings is not on the level of some of the players, but he will like feeling, he'll like having that physical uh, contact. If Guardiola gets, gets tight in the Premier League, he'll get rolled by not average centre-forwards, but centre-forwards who you think he's going to be able to take. So it's going to be an interesting one if Guardiol goes there. But Pomacano's the same. He doesn't necessarily get that fit, that real tight, that contact in in Bundesliga. So he probably cruises through so many games and all of a sudden he's playing up against Harry Kane. Harry Kane's backing into him and he's rolling him. He rolled him two or three times. He was way out of his depth playing against Kane. And I think He's maybe a player upon McConnell where he, after playing Kane, he can evaluate his game and think, I've got to take it to a next level now. I've got to be different. And if he doesn't, I think he'll struggle when he's playing up against the good number nine. Uh, we need to take a very quick break. I do want to look ahead to the final as well. All our football and off the ball is brought to you by Sky. All the football you love in one place across Sky Sports, BT Sport and Premier Sports. Back in a moment. Football on off the ball. With Sky, proud partner and supporter of the Republic of Ireland women's national football team. This is News Talk. Football on off the ball. With Sky, get more of the sports you love on Sports Extra with BT Sport and Premier Sports. This is News Talk. Welcome back to Thursday's Football Show. Nathan with you this evening. Kevin Kilban is with us live from Qatar. Uh, so three o'clock kickoff Irish time for Argentina against France in the World Cup final on Sunday. Uh, we were just talking about Upamecano there, the French defender, and it'll be fascinating to see whether he comes back in or whether they stick with Canate. And you were talking about the struggles he had with Harry Kane, just being able to spin off him. Junior Alvarez, so much attention is going to be on Messi, but Alvarez emergence and it looked as though Lautaro Martinez was going to be the main man. Uh, totally misfiring the first couple of matches and Alvarez comes in. Is he the sort mm-hmm. of striker, is he Harry Kane-esque that could cause Upamecano problems? No, he's not. He's not like Kane. He doesn't like playing with his back to play. He, he likes running in behind. He's a player that likes the ball in front of him from what I've seen of Alvarez anyway. So, I don't think he's going to be the sort of player that likes to try and manipulate while he's fit, while he's getting physical contact or feeling the contact from behind him. Kane's, Kane is a master at it. Lewandowski would be another one if you're looking at number nines. They're masters at it, at taking the contact, rolling the rolling the defender. Um, that 
that might be a reason why he brings Upamecano back into the team because if he's got the pace to deal with it, he might feel Upamecano reads the game better than Canate. I don't know. Um, I felt as though in that in the England game that Deschamps made the mistake of playing Upamecano and not playing Canate because I think Canate would have dealt with Kane better. I don't think he would have gone as tight. I don't think he would have uh, he would have got rolled the way that he did. So it might be actually a game for Upamecano to come back in so he can deal with it. Varane's and Varane. I don't know. Varane's a funny one to me. Varane, I don't think he's the player he was. I think maybe many can recognise that. He's still doing. He's still playing to a great high level. I think he's still got something. But he looks a bit wooden in terms of how he's going to turn it. I don't know if he's had back issues. I, but when I watch him, he looks to me a little bit stiff and, and how he turns. So Alvarez in, in the game could get a bit more joy off Varane because I think it might be something he can play off the shoulder of Varane. Varane's not great on the turn like he once was and he just looks a bit stiff. So it might be short movements rather than, you know, if France squeezed high and a ball played over the top, I think they'll deal with that sort of thing. But it's more short movement around him. You imagine, you know, someone like Luis Suarez, if we look and think about as a great number nine, not necessarily get involved in games. There's so many times you'd watch um, Barcelona play and, and you get to half time and Suarez has touched the ball four times. Yet he continuously just runs off the shoulders, freeing space up for others. And if the ball comes, he's quickly down the side. And I think Alvarez is more in that mould. So I, I, it'd be interesting, I think, how he's going to do it, Alvarez, and, and what uh, what Scaloni's going to do and how he's going to approach it tactically. But I think it's 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 certainly the sort of position I think he might prefer to play on Varane than he would do to play in if it is a Pamacana comeback and if it's Canate. I think he could get a bit of joy out of those two, actually, Alvarez. It's a bit mad. It's Canate, sorry, as well. It's a bit mad to think this night, next week, Liverpool will be playing Manchester City uh, and club football will be I back. Know. Uh, I know. It's going to be interesting what happens with Julian Alvarez. Manchester City, you know, it's already been talked about as the steal of the century to bring him in from River Plate. He's still only 22 and. Yeah. Who knows if there is an agreement in place for Erling Haaland for Real Madrid in a couple of years and they keep him. But like, if Argentina win the World Cup, he returns as an absolute superstar. And you wonder, actually, if yeah. that alters the long-term plan for him, if he's going to be happy sitting as the number two behind Erling Haaland. Or can they play together? Yeah, I, uh, can they play together? He's, he's rarely played two strikers in uh, Guardiola, hasn't he? So I doubt that's going to happen. He'd probably play with 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 Haaland as, he, as he's nine. He's still he's, he's got a bit of game time this season, Alvarez. But he, he's he's always going to play second fiddle to Haaland. That's the way that it's going to be. But it's how long that's going how long that's going to continue for him. How long he's going to feel he can stay at Man City and develop as a player. Does he have a long term plan to go? Well, look, I might stay at City for five years. I might work under Pep Guardiola. Then I might decide that I want to try and go to Spain or whatever it will be. That certainly looks the way for Haaland. Um, you know, we're getting we're getting the the, the messages now that he, he could even leave at the end of this season. It looks unlikely, but he could do, and you wouldn't be surprised if that were to happen. If City win the league, maybe the Champions League, he could be gone, and he could then be in Spain next year. That might be his chance. But I think Haaland might stay for at least two years, and if that's the case, is Alvarez going to sit around for two years? And certainly, as a World Cup winner, there's going to be a lot of interest in him. City could potentially put him out on loan. If he gets pissed off and he wants to, he wants to play games. But um, I think I think Guardiola might have a long term plan with him to say, well, look, if if Haaland is gone in two years, he could be the striker at Man City in a maybe a Sergio Aguero mould. I don't think he's maybe at that class. I don't think he's maybe at that level. He may he may yet prove to be, but not from what I've seen. Um, but he could be at City for ten years beyond Haaland leaving. What twenty twenty four or whenever that's going to be. John Giles was on earlier saying that you know. 
in terms of Messi's all-time greatness that Sunday it doesn't matter to him that you know Messi could be man of the match in Argentina could lose in penalties or he could be a peripheral figure and they could win the game and does that make a difference when we compare him to the greats you've been around I'm sure a lot of Argentinian supporters over the last month how big does this feel for Messi uh, well, I think it, I think it means everything. Messi means everything to them, and I think it means everything to probably for, from from their support. I, I went to watch the, the the Poland game actually, being around the Argentinian fans watching that match. It was it was incredible. Every time every time he got the ball, no matter if it was on his own eighteen yard box, they just stand up. They just wait for something to happen when Messi's on the ball. Um, I, I don't think it's going to. Tarnish his legacy if he doesn't win another World Cup. If I think I think this is his fifth major final. I think it's three Copper Americas and two World Cup finals. Obviously, the one winning the Copper America has has given him some sort of gravitas somewhere down the line that he's won an international competition. But I don't see it as that. Even if he didn't win the Copper America, it wouldn't make any difference to me. Um, but it, but some people's eyes, and I know that this debate will be running around and it'll be flying around, in some people's eyes, they feel as though he's got to win a World Cup to be considered on the level of, of Maradona, to be considered on the level of Pele. So for that reason, and just to put that shadow of doubt out of the way, I hope they win for that reason. But I, I don't think it's going to... It, to me personally, it doesn't make any difference. I think we all know, any football fan that's watched the game for the last 20 years, we all know we've witnessed something very, very special in him. Uh, and he, in my opinion, is the greatest ever. But, you know, people may disagree with that. But I think from what he's done and what he's achieved, longevity and everything that he's achieved, it's been uh, it's been a pretty special career from his point of view. What do you think Deschamps will do around Messi? Uh, I was thinking, I was just, again, thinking about this today. I was talking about Rabiot, whether or not Rabiot comes back. Will he be fit enough? A few days' illness. Uh, there's been a few squads that have been hit by illness. I, I, mean, I know Brazil, they're in our hotel. They were complaining about it just prior to the last 16 game, saying that air conditioning in hotel, air conditioning in stadium, they've spoken about these sort of issues. So I don't know if that is the issue with Rabio. I, I, I generally don't know. But if he's fit to play and he's he's obviously had a couple of days training back prior to this game, I expect Rabio to play and Rabio maybe with a little bit of responsibility to try to get near him. And this has been the problem. We've looked at it throughout the tournament. I think what Saudi Arabia did in that game, they got a bit of luck. They had two shots or three shots on goal and scored two goals, whatever it was. But what what they did, they just condensed as a team. They just kept the gap so small between the defence midfield and attack that when Messi got it, there was two or three players that were able to lock onto him and stop him as soon as he got the ball. As the tournaments progressed, I mean, Mexico did that. Mexico, if you if you remember... Messi was fairly anonymous across the game, really, if you look at the game as a whole. And it was largely down to just Mexico making the game ugly and stopping any or, or, or not creating any space. And then that one moment where, I think it was Di Maria, wasn't it? Di Maria was wide. He gave him a ball, which wasn't a great pass, but he had to play it with such pace to get it through such a fine gap. And Messi put the game to bed. So... It, it'll be interesting. It will be interesting to see what Deschamps does do. Does he go man marking or does he just try and condense the, the space? But the problem is, you've got Mbappe in there. Who Mbappe does stay high. He stays out of out of the way when they when they get back into shape from a defensive point of view. Does he go three at the back? There was talk he might even go three at the back. I don't think he will. I think the four as it is. I think France look better with that four. But they've also got Griezmann as well as as, as Schumeni. So. 
Griezmann is a sort of player that will work back into shape. He will he will continuously work back to make the three. You touched on it before because that's what he does. So it might just be bodies rather than having someone with that specific responsibility to go and to go and take him. I think that's probably the best plan because I think France have got too much about them in attacking areas, and I think that's where they could hurt Argentina when they win the ball back quickly and they, they can break, and I think they can get out and perhaps create overloads elsewhere if, um, if if the concentration is too much on Messi. And do Argentina want the ball? Because France will be more than happy, as you say, to, to let them have it and to try and win it back high up the pitch and we know how devastating they are on the counter-attack. Will Argentina, yeah. will Argentina gratefully receive the 60% possession yeah. that they can have or actually will they prefer... It's... No, it's a, it's a great question, that, isn't it? Because if you look... If you look at what France did against Morocco, I think they only had 40% possession in the game. Against Morocco, you'd never think that. But at the start of the game, if you watch it, the first 10 or 15 minutes, they were controlling the ball, Morocco. They weren't really doing much with it, I have to say. But France France just said, right, let's give them the ball. Let's let's try to catch them on the counter-attack rather than us go and expose ourselves and, and play a high line against them and go and, and go and put them under pressure. Argentina prefer that way if they don't have as much possession because they'll win the ball back and then Messi just floats into an area where they can find him quickly. If you look at it man for man, the quality is clearly with France. It is. They have way better players. The standard of players from across the 26 even, it's way better. You can't get away from that fact. But they have they have him. They have Messi. They have, they have him. And if if they're going to win it, it could well be the greatest achievement ever in football because I know we talk about Maradona in 86 and what he did to that side that weren't a great side around him. This is going to be the same sort of scenario because there won't be a lot of those Argentina Argentina players that were getting France's team, probably in France's squad. There may be one or two, but there won't be a lot. And there won't be a lot of those Argentina players that will probably get in a lot of the sides that got to the last maybe eight in the tournament. So it will be probably the greatest achievement ever if, if if Messi were to win the World Cup he does have Alexis McAllister alongside him they've been yeah uh, he's decent they've been he's pulling the Kilban on the it pop. they've had his cousin on from Donna Bate have he, yeah, talking heard, to his cousin over in this, Argentina yeah, yeah. you're missing all I've this good stuff this. I've heard of, this is this is the great stuff but you know someone like DePaul though Nathan have you, I mean do you ever watch DePaul apparently has covered twice the distance this was prior to I think it was prior to the quarterfinal the Paul has covered twice the distance that Messi has covered, which maybe wouldn't surprise people. But how many times do you see De Paul get the ball and he just gives it away? Like when he's under no pressure, he just tries to force issues. De Paul looks a player that's like, how does he play for this Argentina side? But he's in there for the reason of he's got to work. He's just work his nuts off through the whole game, stop opposition. As soon as you get the ball, maybe give it McAllister, but certainly if he's in space, give it Messi. That's what his role is within that side. And in fairness, you need you need these type of players if you're going to have a successful team. And he certainly fits into the guy of someone like, I'm sure Deschamps appreciates him what he does because he doesn't have an awful lot of quality, but he has got so much about in the work rate is sensational and he just does message running for him. So we're either having a messy conversation after this or we're having a France conversation and the greatness of this side, like, I think we all thought that yeah. Spain side that won the two European Championships in the World Cup were maybe the greatest international team that we would see of this generation. Like, do France deserve to be talked about on that level? Uh, yeah, but they deserve to be spoken about on the level because of what they've achieved. Um, was I was hearing today, look, after they, they obviously won 98, they got to a final in 06, they, they won 18, 
and they're obviously in a final again. It's it, what France has done over the last twenty years or so. It's been incredible, fifteen years or whatever it is, um, or twenty no twenty five years. Sorry, what it is I'm getting the math wrong there. But it's 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 unbelievable what they've done. It is because you you look and you think what they've achieved and and the the level of progression from French football. Um, you have to say it's it's just unbelievable the way that they've gone about things, but. Off the back of it, it will, of course, yeah, if Messi wins it, it'll be all about Messi. I think we know that. But Mbappe, you said before, you sometimes watch Mbappe in games. But you think the same of Messi. Like Mbappe in the last 20 minutes of the game when he came alive against Morocco, you were just wanting him to get on the ball. He went as a nine and he kind of freed him up, didn't it? I don't, is it a weakness to his game? I don't know. But maybe he's back to goal. That could be a weakness you could label him. Is he, is he great at holding the ball up and bringing others into game? Because he's so sensational at running behind, at taking the ball, stopping it, running at others from, from deeper positions. I think he wants to play off. Uh, um, when, he, uh, when he plays as a nine, he wants to come off defenders. So that might be, if I'm being hypercritical, his only weakness to his game where he might not be great at taking the ball in when he's under pressure. But aside of that... Is it a temptation again for what they did in that last twenty minutes for Deschamps to put uh, uh, to put Mbappe as a nine and bring Turan into the match like he did that can help out defensively, maybe give him that extra body? I don't know. I don't think he's going to do it. You'd think he has to start Giroud and, and keep Mbappe on that left hand side. But there's so many things that we'll look at maybe over the next 48, 72 hours, and there'll be so many different things that will come out from the camps. Is he going to start? We're hearing he's going to start. Um, but ultimately, there won't be too many changes. I can't see either coach having or, or, or being able to make too many changes. They're going to have to stick with what they have. I mean, there's talk today of Benzema coming back into the squad, which will be incredible in itself. But if that were to happen, he, he definitely wouldn't start the game, would he? It'll just be, let's see what he can do if he was off the bench. But it, it looks unlikely He's from just what I was reading. He's medal, earlier. isn't he? Yeah, I think that's the way it is. It looked it looked that way, yeah. But obviously, when, when you hear that Benzema's going to come back in, uh, back into the fold in some capacity, the automatic suggestion is he's going to be back on the bench. But it, as I said, it looks unlikely he's going to get any game time. Are you going to call us for us, Kev? Um, what do we all want, Nathan? Let's be honest. Oh, what do we all we want? Messi we, to win this, we, don't we? We want Messi to win it. We want him to just just to put any doubt in anyone's mind and shut anyone up that thinks you know this is going to this will this will tarnish his legacy if he doesn't win a World Cup. Um, I, I really, really want Argentina to win the game, uh, but I don't know if it's going to happen. I, I don't know. I, I just think France. I, I kind of tipped them up earlier on in the tournament, and I saw the way that they were playing and seeing the level that Mbappe hits at times. Um, I don't know if they've got enough to stop him and Griezmann and Dembele and others as well within that side. So uh, it's going to kill me. I generally hope Argentina win it, but I, I think France have got too much for them. You're obviously our top top pundit. Kev, uh, Emma Byrne is is up there close to you. I think she's more caps though, maybe slightly more caps. Oh, yeah. no, uh, Emma's, think, Emma's, Emma's in Emma's way, in Qatar Emma's as well. Emma's in Qatar Emma's, as well, yeah, and she's, she's playing, playing football. Game. Why weren't you involved yeah. in the Legends game? She's playing with Nuno Gomez, Wesley Snyder, Christo Stoichkov, Andrei Shevchenko, Deco, Peter Schmeichel, Dario Simic, Zvavmir Boban, Clarence Seedorf, and Luis Figo. Why aren't you out there? I'm not going to I'm not going to pour water on your fire there, Nathan. But I actually got asked to play in the game as well. We did as a team here, the, all the TSN crew. It, it's a, it, the, the invited players that were part of crews to go and play in it. Um, but it was revised when they realised the amount of players that they had out playing over here. So what they said was the only one player from the team can come and play in it. So that we had to pick one, and I went, nah, I'm not playing. 
F them. But I'm not going to go and play for FIFA. There's no chance. So, uh, so um, Stevie and Julian de Guzman, who's a Canadian international as well, we just said, no, we're not going to play. So we downright, we refused to play in it. All right. Fair enough, Kev. Yeah. Listen, we wouldn't have yeah. had you here with us today. Yeah. Well, you were, you were trying honor. to mock me, though. There, you were, you were, you were no, just no, trying to mock me. No, no, I was wondering. You know? No, listen, you've and, taken a stand. And why shouldn't and, and why shouldn't Emma Byrne playing it as no, well? I'm, you know, I'm not saying Emma shouldn't be playing it. it. I'm just saying no, it's not that's a bad not what old I'm team. Saying, but, you know, you no, would have fit right you in. Were just trying to, you, you, you were just trying to use it against me. You'd no, fit when, right when, in. I, when I said to you before, when I when I was talking to Honda, look, did, you know, when he asked me the question that I play, I could see your face going, "Oh, did he really play? Did he? Did he?" Anyway, but I was anyway. We're under caps, Kev. We'll always respect that. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it doesn't. You don't give me any respect, Nathan. Lots I have to of, say that, honestly, God. Lots of respect. Yeah. Uh, anyway, and I always give you respect for being sports broadcaster of the year. How many, two, three times, whatever it is now. Yeah, well, deserve it or two, not, <laughs> deserved or not, I, I think, I think you're brilliant, honestly. Thanks, thanks, Kev. Thanks, Kev. Uh, you're doing a wonderful job you're over welcome. there. Are, are we going to get one more Kevin Kilban dispatch from Qatar on Monday? Or are you on the first flight home? No, I'm on Monday. I am on Monday. Uh, I am on. No, I'm on tomorrow morning. I'm on tomorrow. Mo- no, what day is it today? Yeah, I'm on tomorrow. You're on tomorrow morning again. tomorrow. Yeah. Oh, am tomorrow, and I am actually on Monday doing. Um, yeah, we'll be looking at probably team of the tournament, player of the tournament, goal of the tournament, whatever it's going to be. So I think we've got a bit of that over the next few days. All right. Well, enjoy the weekend, Kev. Great stuff as always. Thanks very much. Good man, Nathan. Great to talk to you. All right. All our football and off the ball brought to you by Sky. All the football you love in one place across Sky Sports, BT Sport, and Premier Sports. Football on Off The Ball With Sky Proud partner and supporter of the Republic of Ireland Women's National Football Team This is News Talk